Welcome to Storygram Talk with Kristen and Bridget. This is a show designed to reach out to the Bookstagram community in order to educate, entertain, inform, and simply enjoy all things book-related. Hi, I'm Kristen from My Friends Are Fiction. And I'm Bridget from Dark Fairy Tales. Together we own Storygram. Today we are talking with Mary E. Pearson, and Mary is the New York Times bestseller author of the Jenna Fox Chronicles, The Remnant Chronicles, Dance of Thieves, and Upcoming Vow of Thieves. Thank you so much for joining us today. Would you mind telling our listeners a little about each of your books? Yes, I would love to. I usually just talk about the first book in a series, because the others are all spoilers that'll give it away. That totally Um, makes sense. Shall I talk maybe about The Kiss of Deception, since that kind of ties in with Vow of Thieves? I think it's great. Okay. Well, The Kiss of Deception is the first book in the Remnant Chronicles. It kicks off the trilogy, and it's about 12 kingdoms that are always at war on this continent. And the kingdoms have grown from the ashes of a destroyed civilization that we are not sure what this civilization is. So the two most powerful kingdoms on this continent decide to strike an alliance by betrothing their respective prince and princess. However, on her wedding day, the princess, who is Leah, she bolts because she wants to marry for love and not be a pawn in some sort of political game that the kingdoms are playing. So she escapes to a distant village with her best friend, Pauline, and she gets work at a local tavern there and she just loves this new life in the meantime though the angry prince that she jilted and an assassin are sent to kill her (laughs) well the prince isn't sent to kill her but the assassin that's sent to kill her they descend on this tavern and she waits on them and they stay on at the end and she starts falling in love with one of them not knowing that one is the prince because they hide their identities And one is an assassin set to kill her. But the twist is that the reader doesn't know who is who either. Is she falling in love with the prince or with the assassin? And, and of course, it's about a lot more than that. It's about a woman's right to choose her destiny. It's about misconceptions about people in kingdoms that we don't know, prejudging them. It's about sacrifice and stepping forward when everyone else has stepped back. And, and of course, it's about love. So, you know, it's a layered story about a lot of things. Two more books follow, Kiss of Deception, The Heart of Betrayal, and the Beauty of Darkness, and then the spin-off series starts, and it's totally new characters, but it's set in the same world, and it's about new kingdoms, and they play into the whole, the Dance of Thieves plays into the whole history and universe of this world, and even though it's all new characters, we do see some cameos from some old favorites, but I'll try to talk carefully about Dance of Thieves so I won't spoil trilogy because even though you can read Dance of Thieves without reading the trilogy, you do learn things about the outcomes of that trilogy. So, you know, it, it just depends. Some people don't mind, but some people do. So I, I'll, I will be careful. So Dance of Thieves is about a former street thief named Cassie, who's now trained as a premier soldier of a queen. <laughs> of a powerful kingdom. I'm winking at you guys. <laughs> and 
she's secretly sent to this remote place to investigate an outlawed dynasty that's keeping some dangerous secrets. So when she arrives, she confronts the newly named young leader of this outlawed dynasty, Jace Ballinger. And it's not a meet cute, it's it's more of a meet hate. And then events suddenly spiral out of their control and they find themselves running from a mutual enemy in the middle of the wilderness. And they don't have any food, uh, no weapons, no shoes even. But even worse, they're chained together at the ankles because I am a terrible person. <laughs> and they have to work together to survive. So needless to say, neither is happy about their predicament. And it makes for a lot of intimate and complicated moments. It's actually agonizing for both of them because they're still trying to keep their secrets from each other and stuff happens. And when they get back to civilization, they aren't sure what they are anymore. Are they still enemies or are they something else? So this question just complicates everything that comes afterwards. And like you know, the the trilogy, you know, it's, Dance of Thieves is a layered story and it's about a lot of different things, loss and love and loyalty and family. Jace has a big one that I just fell in love with. I didn't expect that to happen, but they, they just kind of stole my heart. And it's about wounds that we carry with us and sisterhood and the sequel builds on all those things. So there you have the entire five books in a nutshell. Would there be another one after Vow of Thieves or does that wrap it up? Vow of Thieves wraps up the Dance of Thieves trilogy, <clears throat> but there's always the possibility of more remnant books. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, excited. Okay, I, I have to ask this question because like I have to. So the plot twist in Kiss of Deception is like one of my favorite plot twists of all time because I totally did not see it coming. I guess in my <laughs> mind, I had picked two as two and I was wrong. And how did you come up with that? Like, seriously, it was so brilliant. Uh, well, uh, I wish I could claim brilliance. Uh, but honestly, as I wrote it, I, I really didn't think of it as a plot twist as much as a plot question, I was looking to plant doubt in the reader's mind about who was who. Mostly because I didn't want them dismissed, like, out of hand, just quickly. Because I think we all have our preconceptions of what a prince would be like and what an assassin would be like. And I did play with stereotypes a little bit to mess with people's minds. But really, I just thought it would plant doubt. And instead, it planted certainty. <laughs> Everyone kind of just knew who they thought was who. I, I was surprised when the book came out and you know, everyone was just like shocked at this plot twist. And I actually had a couple of fans write to me and say they wanted to inform me that my publisher had made a mistake, that they had put the wrong name in at that one certain point. And I said, no, you know, go back and reread and you'll see that it, it's never stated who is who and that they had just assumed I one did person. That. As soon as I, I got too. to that, I went back and I reread all the different things and I was like, Oh, wow. I have completely put my own, you know, like I just assumed this and right. it made me kind of look at myself like, oh, wow. You know, like this is kind of amazing. It was brilliant. Oh, well, good. Thank you. How many books had you written prior to being published? I had written one, one book and it will forever remain in a drawer and as it should, but it taught me a lot. It taught me, you know, I, I got a zillion rejections on it. 
And I really paid very close attention to all those rejections. And it made me see where my strengths were and where my weaknesses were and what I had to work on. Because, you know, some rejections, of course, are just form rejections. They don't tell you a lot. But sometimes you have to read between the lines on some of the other, you know, what people say and the things that they like and the things that they, if they don't mention it or you know, it's not for them. I, I pay, I, I obsessively paid attention and it helped me do better on my next book. So yeah, luckily, and I think a lot of it, you know, I, I only have one book that's a, well, that's not true. I, I have a couple that I have abandoned, which I rarely do. But and another part of my first book being published, you know, is sometimes it's just being on the right desk at the right time. And yeah, so one book. So if you have a, a re highly rejected book, pay attention to those rejections and um, learn from them. I like that. What is your <clears throat> writing style? Do you plan a lot ahead or sort of go with where the story takes you? Well, my process changes slightly with every book because I'm always trying to write smarter. It's just like, I want this to be easy <laughs> and it never gets easy uh, because I think every book is, you know, you have new characters, a new plot, new things are happening. And so it's not like you can follow this cookie cutter way of writing things. And, you know, after I published my first book, I thought, oh, this is just going to get easier. And it just seems to get harder because you put more challenges in front of you. And But I generally, as I begin writing, I do know kind of where I, I have an idea of what the outcome is going to be. Sometimes that changes, but even though I know the outcome, I don't necessarily know how I'm going to write that scene, how it will play out. Because usually you have your main characters sort of nailed down, but sometimes the secondary characters come to life and, and they change things. They switch it up. As I am writing a story, I have certain beats that I know that are part of all stories that I have a pretty good handle on, like the inciting incident, place where everything unravels, the climax, you know, the basic things of storytelling that everybody kind of knows and is in all good stories. So I, I have a handle on those, but the, it's all the stuff in between that, that uh, weaves it all together that is the surprise. How long does it usually take you to write a first draft? I would say, uh, well, again, every book is different, but with the, the trilogy and with the spinoff, it was a book a year. So I had to write a book a year. When I first began writing, you know, sometimes I take two, two and a half years to write a draft for books that were a third the size of what I'm, I'm writing now. And so writing a 500 page book in a year is pretty hard. I mean, for me, because I'm not a fast writer. So, you know, I would put in 10, 12 hour days, almost seven days a week getting these things done. It takes a long time because, yeah, it's not just cookie cutter trying to you know make this all happen it's letting the characters breathe and talk and walk and all of that stuff it's amazing you can create an entire world and all these characters in such a short amount of time yeah I never would have thought that I could do that one thing I've learned to do is just in order to write faster just always push it, kick it down the road. It's like, okay, I can not know what this is with this scene, how it plays out exactly right now. I used to just always have to know everything. And now I can kick it down the road. And I tell myself there's revision. There's always revision and revision works wonders. It really does. What advice would you give to an upcoming author? Besides the obvious, which is reading, study craft. You know, that's what I did when I was getting all those rejections on that first book. I realized I don't, 
I am clueless about plot. I didn't really know. I always got good rejections as far as my characters, but you know, my plots would meander and, and I didn't really know about three act structure. And so studying craft is a way to address your weaknesses and, and strengthen your strengths. And there are so many out there. I'm kind of become a junkie. I, I still am buying. I'm looking at the shelf right now. I have so many <laughs> books on craft and I've learned something from all of them, some from more than others. And, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can learn from others who have wrestled with, you know, the same problems that you have, and they found solutions and, and have great insights. So I highly recommend always having a craft book at hand. Do you have a resource of craft books that you, you know, recommend the most or that you found somewhere that kind of led you to which ones to pick up? I always have somebody somewhere recommending a book. Susan Dennard recommended Anatomy of a Story to me, which I found very insightful. And yeah, I just always keep my ears open for a new craft book. And sometimes, you know, like writing by Stephen King, which is kind of talks about his journey. And then he also has advice. Yeah, I, I on my website, I have a page for writers and I list some of the ones that have been very helpful. I'm, I don't know if I've updated it lately. I probably need to, but there's a lot of books on there, craft books that I've read that I, I found especially helpful. We'll put a link to that in the podcast info. Oh, okay, great. I love the covers of your books. Do you, I know that every publisher is different, but did you get any say in your covers? Actually, I do because I am kind of, you know, I, I have an art background, even though I, I haven't used it in years. I have a, a BFA in illustration. And so I, I kind of, and I worked as a graphic designer for, you know, a period of time, a long time ago. That's where I, I save my battles for the cover because I think covers are so <laughs> important. And really, I don't have to. I, I have had some really bad, bad covers before, but that was, you know, way back when. And the designer that I have, Rich Dees, who's done all of my books since Jenna Fox, he is totally amazing and very generous in asking me my ideas. So he will send me an email saying, well, what, what are your thoughts on this new cover? What, how are you seeing it? And I'll send him some thoughts, some images that I have. And then he comes back with, you know, a, a draft. And I'll mention like, well, I like this, but I wish this would pop more or something. And he just, it has nothing to do with me. I'll, you know, it's just sort of like my, my preferences. And he is totally responsive and amazing and so very talented. So, yeah, I, I have, you know, they do let me have input. And I talk to my editor about it. And it's all very good. And I feel like I really hit the jackpot when it comes to covers. You did. You revisited the Remnant Chronicles with Dance of Thieves. What made you want to go back to that world? I didn't plan to write a spinoff. I thought a trilogy was enough. I mean, that the last book in the trilogy was like 700 pages. Like, I'm done, I'm done. The beginnings, I think, of Dance of Thieves started as I was writing The Heart of Betrayal. I began, you know, I had to do some research on the orphans in Venda, which was very sad and tragic. And I read Behind the Beautiful Forevers to kind of get a glimpse of what life is like in a... And, and a lot of other things. But 
what life is like for orphans on the street. And I sort of started imagining a different kind of hero from Leah, one who came from nothing. Leah had everything and Cassie had absolutely nothing. So, you know, that character sort of began growing in my head. And the other thing is that there's a map on the inside, a gorgeous map on the inside of all the books. And there's 12 kingdoms there. And as I was writing, I knew that some of these other kingdoms held secrets to this world and its history. And as I'm thinking about these things, this is all just backstory in my head. I'm not thinking, oh, this is going to be another book. But I imagined certain places, and I kind of focused in on this place in the middle, kind of to the left of Infernitaire, which is like this devastated area. And maybe because it was so isolated, I'm not really sure why I focused in on there anymore, but I kind of imagined that it held some secrets. So all of these things were just little ideas simmering in the back of my head, but eventually it kind of grew into more than that. And when I suggested to my editor, you know, that this is a a book that I might like to write and they were all for it. So that's how it, it began. It wasn't something that was planned from the beginning, but it emerged naturally just from the writing of the trilogy. That's awesome. If you can, I don't know if you can, but would you share with us what you're currently working on? <laughs> okay. I, I can't share specifics, okay. but I am doing a lot of pre-writing in my head, and that's kind of how I work. I I work out the knots before I I really dig in typing. So not every knot because you can't know everything, but trying to figure out the logic and make sure that the character motivations are all solid because to me, character motivations are everything. If If there's a false note in that, the whole book falls apart. So everything that they do has to really be strongly motivated and earned. And so I'm kind of working all of that out in my head right now. But I will say it is a fantasy book. And it's very, very different from the fantasy that I've done before. So it's different. (laughs) So I wish I, I, I would love to talk about it. But yeah, it's still in the very early stages. And I will admit, I do have another Remnant World fantasy in my head too, that's kind of also been in my head from the beginning. So I, I am certain that I will write it at some point. I'm just not sure when. So exciting. <laughs> I know. I'm super excited. I'm like, I can't wait to read everything you write. I love your oh, books. <laughs> that's so sweet. Thank you. Uh, of all of your characters, which do you relate to the most? Oh, this is like, which book do you like, <laughs> you like the right? most? Uh, no, it's, it's impossible. The, but <laughs> It is the question that makes authors squirm. Out of all my main characters, really, I am so close to Leah and Cassie. I have never been a princess or a thief. Well, I did steal a book once when I was four years old. But but really, there's more to being close to someone than, you know, just what we are by outward appearances. And I relate to their fears, their wants, their needs, their passions. I just really get them. But every character in my book, I... I love, you know, I, I loved Caden in the Remnant trilogy, in the, the newest one. I adore Ren and Sinove. You know, the, it's like the girl squad, Ren, Sinove, and Cassie. And I love how they relate to each other. And, you know, just, oh, that's a, 
That's a tough question, but yeah, there, there you have it. See, it's little like, bits of all of them. Yes, yes. yes. I know okay, I, I could to... pick either. Like if someone asked me your my favorite character of your books, I'm like, oh yeah, all of them. A little piece of all of them. Yeah, it just depends on the day that you ask me. <laughs> and the mood, yeah. Exactly. And the mood, right, right. Okay, how do you come up with character names? I find that so hard. Oh, me too. It is hard, and sometimes it takes me a while to settle in on a name. I use the baby name book. I will research on, there's a a baby name, and I can't remember the actual name of the site. You can look for names based on certain regions. And so sometimes I will find a a name that interests me, but I will switch it up because since this is a fantasy world, we're not going to have any Debbies or, you know, Cathy's or anything like that. But I may change the spelling up a little bit. And sometimes it's based on the meaning. But one thing I've I've noticed it in a lot of my books, I have characters whose names start with a K or a J. You know, I I like the harder consonant sounding kinds of names. And I like short names because when you have to type it a billion times, (laughs) you don't want some super long name. So I try to avoid those. But yeah, it's just looking around and sometimes just entirely making up a name out of thin air. Like Jezalea. Jezalea, just kind of, I like the sound of it, and I played with a lot of letters, and eventually I got it. Seems like that should be a name, because it is so pretty. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, what has been the most surprising aspect <laughs> of being published? Oh, there's, there's always a new surprise <laughs> <laughs> on a daily basis. But in general, I would say interacting with fans, hearing their thoughts about something I, re- I wrote and what they take away from my book. It, it it kind of never gets old in hearing how people interpret your books. And you know, there's a saying that no two people read the same book. And I can totally see the truth in that. We all bring our life experience to a story. So I think that just the way that readers make my stories come alive in thousands of different ways, it's kind of awe-inspiring. And that surprises me. You know, when I began writing, I just thought, oh, I, you know, you just think, I, I want to get published. I want someone to read my book. But you don't stop to think it how readers will embrace it in a whole variety of ways. I love that. What are you currently reading? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my to-be-read pile is completely out of control. I, but I think that's, you know, I, all of us can relate to that. I recently finished One of Us is Lying by Karen McManus, and I loved it. It was, it's different because I, I read a lot of fantasy, and this is a contemporary, so it was really, really good. And I just, I haven't started it yet, except a tiny bit, but I just bought Nocturna by... I don't know how, if I'm saying her name right, uh, Maya Montaigne. And I bought it just based on the first page alone. I read it and I was completely dazzled by her prose. I mean, it was just so beautiful. So if, if you get a chance, take a peek at it. Maybe you've already read it. I don't know. but And of course, the, the jacket copy sounded very, very intriguing. But yeah, that's the, the next one I'm hoping to dig into. Okay, this or that. Do you like standalones, duologies, or trilogies the best? Oh, this or that. Um, I've written all of them. <laughs> but since duologies is fresh in my mind, I will say duology. Ebook, paperback, <clears throat> or hardcover? A hardcover, definitely. Hero, villain, or anti hero? Mm, anti hero. Romance, action, or humor? 
Oh, that's another tough one. I know. A little bit of all. <laughs> I, like the, I like them all. Definitely, I, you know, the, the romance in action. I know I have to have just a touch of romance in everything I read because I don't know why. I just do. Well, it's part of life. It, it, it is, is, yes. It is, it is a true part of life. We're all trying to find love in our lives in one way or another. So, of course, it should be part of it. Thank yeah, you so much for joining us. Yeah, we're so excited. This was so fun to get to talk to you. Like, I've been kind of a fangirl of yours for a really long time. And I think this is actually the first time I've ever talked to you, like, in person, kind of. <laughs> so, this was so fun. Yeah, well, we met in, in Texas, didn't we? Oh, that's me. You met me in Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm the it. other one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you met my really tall husband and uh, where I had oh, the Lego right. art. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. And yeah, I'm glad we got to talk. Dance with These and Vow with These are both available to order now. So definitely pick up a copy if you are a fan of Wife Fantasy. And if you have any questions or comments, definitely hit us up on storygramtalk.com. Mm-hmm.